Catherine reached out to me. Uh, we were up in uh, uh, Virginia at our daughter and her family's house in uh, early, uh, late September, early October is when you texted me. She said, yeah, I wonder if you'd be willing to preach uh, maybe November 12th. I've, I've tried six other clergy and I can't get anybody. Uh, <laughs> we were up there because Sarah had a birthday and also Eric, our son-in-law, who um, has conferences off and on. And he had two almost back-to-back and with their son, Ethan, in Winter Park, Florida at Rollins College, uh, there's no driver, and so Siobhan asked if we could come up. And so it turned out to be a little longer than <clears throat> they wanted us to be there. We were there two and a half weeks. Now, I don't care how close your family is, and even though it's a big house and we were downstairs in the basement, they were ready for us to leave after two and a half weeks. And we were ready to leave uh, ourselves, but... Uh, but I got to thinking right after uh, Catherine and I had communicated, and I thought, well, I, I've got some ideas that started to flow. And it grew out of our time there and some travels, and uh, so that's kind of where we are. But I retired seven years ago, and so I didn't know if I should use the word preaching or sermon again. So you have this title, Musings, Meandering Musings on Life and Christian Community. Uh, part of what happened while we were there was October 7th. And it, it just pressed upon me that we're in a scary time right now. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, it is a difficult, scary, uh, challenging time. There's disarray, there's turmoil, there's pain, there's destruction. There's, it's a crazy world. Uh, Putin's invasion of Ukraine. I've done a little more reading about World War II and Stalin and I don't think there's much difference between Putin and Stalin in my own view. I think it's horrible. Hamas and Israel and Palestine and, and then the potential for all that to take off. And add to that the whole dynamic of something I have no clue what it's about is artificial intelligence. Everything you read about it. I mean, there can be a lot of pluses about it, a lot of scary. One of my friends that I occasionally golf with He's a medical person. He said, I was reading a book. Now, this is science fiction, so don't go out of here and say, uh, I'm telling the truth on this. Everything else I say today is the truth, but don't say. Uh, but he said, um, he's reading this science fiction piece that with AI, they can gather everybody in the world's DNA. And then they can do something with everybody's blood through all that. And you can create clots, blood clots in people you don't, you want to do away with and kill them. And he said, now that's science fiction, but as a medical person, I could see that potential. Is that scary or what? So how do you cope? That's the question before us. How do you cope? The wonderful news is you helped me so much. I, I put on Facebook, I said, hey, I need your help. I got this sermon coming up this Sunday. Tell me how you cope. In the I said, could you help me? Several people wrote back and said, again? <laughs> We did that for 22 years. You want to help again? But the answers were so good. So many good answers. I wish I could call them all off of Facebook and print them out in a little booklet, but I don't know how to do that. So, uh, But one of these, I'll reference several of them, but one I want to read the whole thing. 
This is, a, I think, an introverted person. Not that that matters, but it might in the context of what I'm going to say later. I myself can't change the conflicts that are causing wars, nor the conflicts tearing people apart politically, nor fix the seemingly insurmountable imbalance of wealth versus poverty, nor rebalance the effects of climate change. But I'm not helpless to affect those around me by listening, being present, sharing laughter, giving of myself to others. I've always liked the illustration of a ripple in a pond that emanates outward to become something bigger with greater effect. That's good, isn't it? Jesus is that ripple and the hope that can wash over us all. Sometimes, because the news is so terrible, it makes me more determined to try to be a better version of myself and how I interact with whomever I meet. Isn't that good? That's why for 22 years I was intimidated as heck coming to preach with people bright like that. You know what I'm saying? Actually, I saw that couple, her, her and her husband, later that, that day in Publix. And uh, I said, hey, thank you for that. She said, I never respond, but thank uh, you. know." And her husband was there. And he said, yeah, when I saw your Facebook post that says, how do you cope in this crazy world? He said, I just pointed to our liquor cabinet. <laughs> now, I don't think he was being serious, but it is emblematic of what do you do? How do you do this? How do you cope? It's a very difficult and challenging times. So I want to share, though, a story. You know, you know, for all those years I talked about our kids and things haven't changed much. I'm going to share a little bit about Siobhan and the notion of being kind. While we were up there, I took Siobhan to grocery shop in Kroger's, a huge store. And to shop, if it's just Jan or me, it would take about 30 minutes. You shop with Siobhan, it's an hour and a half. <laughs> Not because of the maneuverability of her wheelchair, but she knows every worker in that store. And she greets every worker in that store. We come to the deli, and I would take my list, and I don't care who's giving me the meat. She cares. Hi, Becky. How was your weekend? Was it time? great time in Georgia? Was that wonderful? And so they talk for 10 minutes. Then we go to the produce section, and the young woman wearing green and brown that sort of blends in with the cucumbers and green beans, she's putting it out. You could miss her, but Siobhan says, hey, Sally. How was that time with your kids this weekend? How's it going? And then we get to the bakery, and the woman behind the, in the baker there, she shouts out, hey, beautiful. I thought she was talking to me. Uh, hey, beautiful. And, and she and Siobhan, and you go through the whole store, and we get to the checkout, and there's this older gentleman. He says, Siobhan, I just got to tell you, I can hear your laughter from the other side of the store, and it does my heart good. And I know I'm a biased father, but I got to tell you, as I witnessed all this, I thought I'm on sacred ground. We had church today in Kroger's. This is what community is. Because she saw, she heard, she valued. It wasn't just, whoosh. it was a deep, deep connection. Last Sunday, Siobhan and her family were visiting their son, Ethan, in Winter Park, uh, Rollins College. Some of you can hardly believe that that little kid has grown up now, taller than I am. And they went to First Church, First United Methodist Church in Winter Park, where uh, 
Stephen Catherine's good friend, David Miller, is the pastor. And Siobhan called me and said, Dad, I had this, heard this great sermon. You should listen to it. <laughs> I don't think she said that. But, uh, and the text grabs, it just grabs Siobhan. And it's grabbing me and Jan and me since then. But it was John chapter 9, verses 1 through 3. It's the story of the man who was born blind. Blind from birth, right? Man born blind. And immediately the disciples ask Jesus, who sinned, this man or his parents? Which is a version of the larger related question, why do bad things happen to good people? Which, who's not asked that question? We've asked it. And Jesus' answer is powerful. It's not about that. It's so that the works of God could be manifested through him. <laughs> the works of God. And, and, and that became Siobhan's verse. Heretofore have been Je Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, they're for good. She, I think, believes deeply now that even though she would never choose what's happened, oh my gosh, but that the works of God manifest. And that's what was happening in Kroger's. And you don't have to be in Siobhan's situation, but that's our verse, your verse, Trinity's verse, every one of our verse, so that the works of God can be manifest through us. That's God's intention, God's desire, and the world can become a better place. So what can you do? Now, not many of us are as extroverted as Siobhan, and I'm, I'm kind of, but not quite that much. And then, um, but I'm taking a different approach when I go to Publix. I always say hi to Mike. Mike, we always say hi to Mike Smith, right? Mike, yeah, yeah, yeah. But now I'm, I met Bob in the produce. Now I know a little bit about Bob. And when we check out, often it's Anne. We talk about things there. And I hope to goodness that Publix doesn't go full bore, solely automatic checkout. Because I don't understand it. I don't know how to do it. I always have to ask somebody. And then I get through there and they say, oh no, you have to use a credit. I don't use, at any rate, why would you depersonalize a world that's already so doggone depersonalized? any rate, that's my little deal. What, you, what can you and I do? It's us seeing the other person. It's hearing their story. It's like that wonderful video of Champlain Melody Lozano last week. Do you remember that? We're here at Trinity partly because we love that we can hear each other's stories and stories of people who are different than we might be or others might be. The next day after our visit to Kroger's, Jan and I decided to go on a hike. We've been going to Blacksburg, Virginia for years. We'd heard about this McAfee knob. A lot of the Blacksburg, Virginia Tech students would go up there. It's an iconic place on the Appalachian Trail. And I thought, well, this shouldn't be too bad. I mean, we're old, but we're not going to, we'll be all right. So I didn't realize it was an eight-mile hike. <laughs> and it seemed like it was four miles straight up and four miles straight. It wasn't quite that bad, but it was pretty challenging. Unfortunately, I forgot to take our hiking sticks and food. I didn't know we were going to be out there six hours. I mean, when the college kids came running by us, they weren't there quite that long, but... Uh, so, and, but here's the thing, I don't know that Jan and I could have made it if we hadn't been there encouraging each other. Isn't an encouragement a great thing? 
Susan, your family's here. You're encouraging you, aren't they? Yeah. It's encouragement, support, uh, increasing us all. Of, I mean, people on the trail were very encouraging. Uh, almost to a fault. Uh, people would be coming back down and they'd say, oh, you're going to love the view up there. You only got 20 more minutes to go. <laughs> then the, about five minutes later, another couple would come back down. Oh, it's just amazing up there. Another hour you'll be there. <laughs> I'm not kidding. A variety of how far away it was. It was incredible. But encouragement's just a beautiful gift. When we started uh, a year ago playing pickleball, uh, some of us started teaching a class. The old guys had already been out there. But we started teaching a class. It, the whole key, Lorraine, was encouragement, wasn't it? I mean, people came who had no clue about playing pickleball. Some of them still don't. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, we <laughs> getting frivolous here at the end, aren't I? Uh, but we, we encouraged people. We just said, don't fall. And then we thought, this is so connecting. This is so rich. What if we raised some money and people made donations? Steve found a great vendor. Now you, Trinity has the best pickleball courts in the city, and people have found out about it. But I think on Thursday mornings, they're still letting people who are brand new come and play uh, if you want to come learn. Uh, I think Buddy and Linda Irby are doing it, Chip and Phyllis. Emma are going to kind of help uh, do that. But the whole idea, you take a barren piece of concrete and now you've got community. And that's what this is all about. We may not be able to change the world, but we can exchange kindness. We can give encouragement and the world can get a little better. Back to our eight-mile hike. At the top was McAfee Brown. McAfee Knob. Uh, can, you, can you bring that up, Raph? There, I, 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 I thought I gave them the picture of both Jan and me up there, but I guess the only, oh, there it is. At any rate, go back to Jan's one. You, you get this amazing, look at the scope of that thing. I mean, it was, and it was worth it. And, and if we didn't know, if that wasn't our goal, if we didn't know the goal was really valuable, I don't know if we would have made it. If we didn't know the purpose, the purpose is so critical. While we were up there, uh, Brad Delaney, the pastor of their Methodist church in Blacksburg, showed this three-minute video clip. Uh, you may, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's all about purpose. Take a, take a look at this. You'll love this clip. How do I know? A lot of people, when they think of the phrase, how do I know, they always want to put the what behind it. How do I know what I'm supposed to do? The, the question that you really should ask is how do I know why? I'm here because when you know your why, your what becomes more clear and more impactful. If you know, like for instance, um, people know that I do comedy, but that's what I do. My why is to inspire people to walk in purpose. So I can do comedy, I can write books, I can be in a movie because all of it is motivated by my why. In fact, I have a new, uh, a new web series out called Michael Jr. Break Time. Uh, we probably just did the sixth episode. It's on YouTube. So every single Wednesday at 3 o'clock, we drop a new episode on YouTube of Michael Jr. Break Time. What it is is it's me. I travel around the country, and I do stand-up comedy, in case you didn't know. <laughs> and in the middle of my comedy set sometime, I'll stop and just talk to my audience. And we've been filming this, and it's, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. So <laughs> we're in Winston-Salem. I'm going to show you a clip from Winston-Salem. And I'm just talking to this guy in the audience, and he tells me that he's a, uh, a musical instructor at a school. 
So I was like, all right, you're a musical instructor. You know, can you sing? Let me hear you sing a song. So this is what happened at the last episode of Michael Jr.'s Break Time. Check it. So you're a musical director. Cool. Yes, sir. All right, so um, let me get a couple, let me get a couple bars of like uh, Amazing Grace. Can you do the first part of that? Let me, go ahead. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Wow. That bro could sing. You know what I'm saying? All right, all right. Um, now, once you give me the version, is if uh, your uncle just got out of jail, you got shot in the back when you was a kid. I'm just saying, let me see the hood version real quick. If you know which version I'm talking about, just see if that exists. Let me see what you got. Amazing grace. what I want you to catch. The first time I asked him to sing, he knew what he was doing. The second time, he knew why he was doing it. When you know your why, your what becomes more impactful because you're walking towards or in your purpose. That's pretty good, wasn't it? So the what is you're bringing turkeys to the place over here. The why, you're making the world a better place, right? That's what the Christian community, that's what it's about, the, the purpose. Uh, moving on, when I posted this photo of uh, Jan on the Facebook up on the mountain, you got that photo again? One of you made a really interesting comment. He said, I like the perspective this photo shows of humans to our world. You catch that? How small we are, how vast. Psalm 8, I didn't forget to read, but it's, O oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is thy name in all the earth. Here's the thing. We need a faith that is expansive, that includes all the majesty and creation of Almighty and loving God. Something happens to us, you, doesn't it, when you come on this campus, the trees and the openness and the vastness, when you look out these windows and you see, at least in my being, the nature does something healing for me. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic. The Protestant Reformation, I'm a child of that, and I really value that in Martin Luther. But what happened right at that same time that Luther posted his thesis, Guttenberg did the printing press, and so you had a, everything was focused on the book, even to the point of the motto was sola scriptura, scripture alone. 
Do you know for centuries, millennia before that, it was far more than just scripture. It was nature and creation and art and liturgy and so an experience. And so I'm uh, an advocate of the beauty and power of, of creation. Jesus was imbued in that. He used these imagery from God's creation, seed, soil, trees, flowers, birds, wheat, tares, stones, sheep, gates as windows. Years ago, I remember Brian Whitstruck taking a group on ASP, and he, his mantra was, where do you see God today? Uh, all through the whole week was that. Here's a quote I came across recently from Anne Frank. The best remedy for those who are afraid, lonely, or unhappy is to go outside, somewhere they can be quiet, alone with the heavens, nature, and God, because only then does one feel all as it should be. I'm about done, but uh, we've been on a trip, so I'm going to show you a few, couple more slides, okay? Even if it's not okay, they're going to come up. <laughs> we flew to Oregon for my 75th birthday. Never been out there. Here's Multnomah Spring, uh, Falls. And I just can't help but be impressed by the ever-flowing grace of God in my life and in yours. Then we heard about uh, a snowstorm that's going to be the next day unexpected in the Sierra Nevadas where we were going. And so that next morning we got up really early and Jan does great photography. And she took this photo pre-dawn of Mount Hood. And then an hour later it was this photo of the same mountain when the sun, S-O-N, shined. Because sometimes God is almost hidden to us, isn't God? But other times... Through the lens of the Son of Jesus Christ, the beauty and majesty of God. And then we went on to Crater Lake, the deepest inland lake. It's beautiful and amazing. And then we rode across and went to the Red, Redwood uh, National Park. And I love that picture of tiny little me <laughs> looking up at these giant trees. And I reminded how small and humble I should be. In the midst of all. And then something I was totally unprepared for was the beauty of the Oregon coast. There's just two, th three slides of this. It's just like God's playground. It was just amazing. Uh, yeah, these uh, rocks and things. And so I don't know how to solve the problems of the world, but I know that treating others with love and kindness and spending time with God in awe and in prayer and letting God's arms through Jesus Christ embrace us. One final story. Uh, Jan and I don't meditate every morning, but uh, we meditate frequently. About 20 minutes, we sit in our living area, family room. We light a candle, put it on the hearth by the fireplace, and we try to sit quietly and listen for God. And so this past Thursday, I think it was, uh, we were getting ready to do that, and some, for some odd reason, I decided it would be a good idea right before we started a meditation to start the dishwashing machine. <laughs> I know. And the dishwashing machine is only about 10 feet behind where we sit for this meditation. So we start, and I'm trying to focus on the light and being quiet and listening, and all I hear is swish, swash, swish. I mean, it's so loud. And I thought, I've got to get up and put that thing on pause. That's what I'm trying to get us to do today. <laughs> How do you cope with the world? Sometimes you just put things on pause. And you let God's presence.
presence, God's beauty, the word, prayer, each other. Calm your soul and prepare you. I mean, the dishes had to get washed eventually. You got to do it, but the calmness. God, thank you for this day, for this wonderful congregation, for Steve, Catherine, Marissa, all the staff. Bless and keep us and continue to bless Trinity to be a place that helps make the world a better place. Amen.